What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Friday, a snowy day, but it's all melting. The sun is out. We are ready to go to discuss this big defeat at home by the hands of the Missouri State Bears. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, this was a disappointing one. We had we had confidence after the Valpo win, and you know only two point dogs at home. We were feeling confident. It started out at the very beginning okay for us. We didn't shoot very well, but then it just got out of hand. Yeah, it's uh, it was a disappointing one. We th- I w- I picked the plus two. I thought we would build on that momentum off a off a good good performance. We know it was against a bad team, but we thought we could start building some momentum. So we could get going here and get on a stretch uh, before we head into um, the final games in February, but uh, that's not the case. No, we were talking whenever it was. I guess it was a couple of days ago. We were saying, well, if we want to end up with an okay, you know, conference record, we said like ten and eight would seem great. And at the time of six losses, thinking, okay, if we can maybe steal this one at home against the Bears, and we would only give us maybe. Or our final two losses, hopefully against you know at Drake and at uh, you and I, ten and eight seems inappropriate. I mean, with how bottom feeding of the conference is, it seems like obviously we can still get you know out of Thursday with a below five hundred record. We were hoping to have a ten and eight, nine and nine, and nine and nine still up in the air, but uh, it's definitely one that got away from us. But if we're looking at it from that perspective, um. I think th- this was just a bad matchup for us. We, we knew uh, it, it's crazy how we played so well or we shot better. Really, the three kept us in that game at their place. Uh, but we did not shoot well in this one. And the, the fact that you lose by five there and you lose by 15 at home definitely should not happen. This was a game that uh, you knew the high powered of offense. We knew they didn't have a couple of guys. but And with the weather coming in, you didn't know how it was all going to play out. Little things like that. But... Uh, they're just too they're too high powered of an offense even for our defense. You know, we we read the stat that what well, we were keeping opponents to fifty five points a game or less inside Banterra. We were like sixty, you know, overall in the season that was sixteenth in the country. We, we were confident in that sense. But no, this team scores eighty points a game. They're every bit of dominant. You know, Mosley is what he is. Prim was shooting. I don't he didn't shoot a whole lot when we were at their place. But no, he has a nice jumper. He's got an arc out of this world, and he was draining him. He almost wasn't even hitting rim on his makes. Yeah, they we let them. That's what you can't let their two best players get going. You got to at least try to stop one of them. And uh, we just let them get to their spots with ease, and they started playing at the level they're going to play at, and uh, it just really stopped uh, stopped us from having any shot in this ball game. Um, started out with a seven seven to two quick quick run in the first three minutes of the ball game. In the next 16 minutes, we only scored 14 points, and we were pretty much out of the ball game there. Um, just a very poor, sh- very poor shooting, and uh, got out rebounded by a large margin. And uh, they beat us on a ton of 50-50 balls. And uh, just to get into it, we gave up a couple offensive rebounds at key times early in the second half, where we thought we had a chance. And uh, that was the ball game right there. Even at the start of the game, we talked about, and I'm sure other people noticed it too. In our offense, where we'd have it on the on the post or on the wing, and you know the three point line, and we would what we get it to what, what was that play? Now that I'm drawing blanks on on what happened, trying to get it. I think they just tried to switch Marcus and JD and try to get JD or Clay on JD. It was like a you know a nice you know change of what we've seen 
to throw the defense off guard, but you know, and that worked. You know, JD kicked off the game once again. I think that they honestly go with him to start to start games, uh, which it, we've done it so much. I feel like teams would know it, maybe. But that kudos to JD for making the shots. But that that was something different that we noticed, and they did it quite a bit in the first half. But yeah, that that seven to two start, we were we were we were you know looking all right, you know, but we weren't making shots. And the next thing you know, they're storming back. It was it was pretty close though up until. Um, they got it up to a six-point lead. When Isaiah made a three, he was just, you know, his step back is crazy because it seems like something that nobody would dare try to attempt. He kind of just slops it up, but he gets enough separation when he gets his feet behind the three-point line on the step back that he makes it. Yeah, we were only down by five, but uh, they got it up to eight, and we got a, a big three from Trent before the first half ended. Um, but great, play, was, great play out of the timeout for that Trent play. Right, so that's another instance where we're actually decent out of the timeout and drawing up stuff. Relatively have, it's just I guess sometimes when we're not, it's like inopportune situations. But it was back and forth, so we're thinking, again, at halftime down five, we're thinking, you know, this is worst case. You know, we're not we're not playing well at all, but we're only down by five. It helped us for the fact that you're at home. Should That should be the case anyway. No, I mean, I'm just looking at the thing. Luke Patterson, he didn't score in this game. When Dawson... Dawson Carper came in and did okay for them as the backup big. Um, and we'll jump in because Donovan Clay, when, when they had it, an eight-point lead with a minute left in the first half, he had a dunk, an easy you know, baseline dunk that Noah, he, he might be the biggest difference maker in the conference. I put him and Sturts in the same in their own category because of Sturts' ability to do everything on the court, but Clay can guard all five positions and he's, I think his defense just separates everything. He changed the, this game. Like Marcus, he didn't shoot well again, but just the fact that he gets decent looks and he doesn't take them when he should, like he tries to back down, but he tried to back down Carper in the paint over trying to do it against uh, Clay. And just the fact that he, he just gives up on a drive when he knows he could probably score, but Clay just is in his head a lot. And that's the thing with Marcus, he's gotten. People have gotten in his head so far this season offensively that has prevented him from scoring a whole lot. He made a three at the start of the game, but Noah, I mean, Donovan Clay, would you agree? I mean, it seems like him and Sturts are like in their own category of difference makers in the battle. Yeah, Donovan Clay decided he could, he could, he knew he could have stayed at Valpo and be that star, but um, he wanted to win, and that's where he decided he he's going to become that third or fourth fiddle, be the guy that does the dirty work. A lot of time, like Troy D'Amico for us. Um, he does all the little things right, and he does the dirty work. He guards the um, – he takes on guarding the other team's best player a lot of the times. And, uh, yeah, he's just – he's um, – he. I, I mean, I don't know what – who's going to win the defensive player of the year. It'll probably be Lucas Williamson again just because his name is Lucas Williamson. And he's won it um, so many times before and it feels like. So, uh, um, Clay could be that guy. We've seen Julian Larry take the, take the challenge on Marcus. Um, I feel like Marcus has in his head that he has to try to score at the rim. As a freshman, we saw um, he lived a lot in the mid-range. He hit shots, and he stepped out to the three a lot. Um, I feel like he's just now got in his head that he has to try to go score at the rim. I think if he would just um, maybe go back to a little bit of that, rid, that, that mid-range and maybe step out to the three more often, um, those drives are going to open up for him. Yeah, and even he's got the, uh, the, you know, the nice pad knit per se – you know, step back where he'll get deep or like it's usually when the shot clock's winding down and he tries to just get, you know, separation on a 
on like a little step back floater. We saw Steven do that a little bit in this game finally. But yeah, I think Donovan Clay is, he could have gone anywhere else. The fact that he decided to come here because he had friends on the team. Because I think if they didn't have him, Noah, I mean, they would, they're just not the same team. Like Dana Ford's talked about how important Clay is when he was pinpointing, you know, Isaiah and Prim's game and how important they are, but then said that Donovan just keeps us afloat and just does everything they ask him to do. Like it, if they didn't have him, they'd be so beatable. I mean, he changes everything. He guard, like I said, guards one through five. He stopped JD on a on a decent look in the paint once, and then his ability to do that on Marcus, and I'm sure he does on everybody else. I'm sure when they killed Loyola, he had a lot to do with guarding Williamson, guarding other people. He's just a difference maker. Uh, there's no way to put it. Like I said, he could have probably gone anywhere. He could have gone decent. I mean, he's a all right. I mean, he's a decent offensive player, and his defense has just stepped up. Of course, he just remains in the conference, and we should have known. We did kind of know when he got there that it was going to be. He was going to be that difference maker. So yeah, five point deficit at the half. I mean, nothing. I mean, Marcus five on two of seven. I mean, nothing's really that bad. I mean, Lance didn't score. Obviously, you don't want to do that. He was an assist man to start in 15 minutes, but not scoring. Only scoring two shots. Luke High was on him. Uh, I think him and Isaiah were guarding each other. Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't. I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was Dalton, who had Manette on him a lot, or took Black, advantage of him. Took advantage of that. He used his strength in the paint and got easy, strong uh, layups in this one. Kyler did okay. I mean, other than that, we were. I mean, Steven and Cash. Cash was one of six. That's not good. So he is so skinny. He got thrown off balance on his driving, and he just. Yeah, it's just he's not a good penetrator. No, it's not. It's it's hard to watch it sometimes. He just gets thrown off with ease. And he's off balance, trying to make a almost a running layup at sometimes. And yes, yeah, Steven struggling one of three. I think the only shot he made was a wide open fifteen footer from the free throw line. He got a good screen by Kyler. Um, but you got what we needed pretty much. You we got the extra offense from the two bigs and JD and Kyler. Um, we just didn't. Lance could not get going. Um, he only shot two threes. He did not. He they stopped his penetration with ease. Um, it was not good. Just looking at uh, we only we were two of eight from three in the first half for twenty five percent. Did not get to the free throw line at all. Um, I'm trying to think if we did in the second half. Maybe oh we got technical free throws in the second half. Yeah. Um, but uh, we ended up shooting twelve free throws, so twelve in the second half, but none in the first half. Um, we only had three turnovers in the first half, which that what that's what kept you in the ball game. If you had more there, we'd been down fifteen and a half. But uh, we our bench stepping up again, eleven bench points. Um, that's we're getting all we can ask for. Our just our two stars aren't either. It's like we keep talking. Either our two stars are giving us what we need, and the other guys aren't contributing, or our, our guys are contributing and our two stars can't get going. Yeah, that, that's been a revolving door this whole year. We we talked about Steven and Cash's great games at third place. That was not the case in this one, definitely not in the first half. Yeah, I mean, Lance not scoring had a lot to do with this. We talked about we didn't play great and we're only down by five. I was thinking that the only way that – I feel like we're only down by five is because of their turnovers. They had a couple bad turnovers, but they only had five, uh, but we only had two points off their turnovers. So it seems like we didn't really take advantage of, of those moments, but that seemed like to me – just thinking in the grand scheme, that's the only reason why we were in it. Because, yeah, they were out-rebounding us 18-13 to 13 in the first half as well. Yeah, they were getting hella offensive rebounds. I mean, it was matched in the first half, and we'll look at the second. It was definitely uh, lopsided. But, yeah, I mean, we thought it was an okay enough. We had 18 first-half points in the paint. So, uh, 
Like it was actually everything you could ask for when you're not playing well, and but you're still in the game. But the second half definitely was not great. Uh, kicking that off, Noah, I mean, we kept it close at the beginning, right? You mentioned the uh, technical free throws. Isaiah, what, yelled at the ref once, and it was something else. And Marcus made all of the free throws at the line, but there was a point, Noah, even they talked about at the end of the game with Dalton and then Brian, that Mike asked them, there was the point whenever you were down by two and you had the ball and J.D. turned it over, but it was off of all these free throws that kept you in it that you couldn't get anything off that possession, and that's what kind of led to the downfall, per se. And Brian was, you know, saying it wasn't, and I think Dalton kind of admitted to it because it makes sense, Noah, right? I mean, that's when you when you get the advantage of the free throws, you're only down two, you got to have – we talked about the pinpointed certain possessions where you have to score in certain situations. That wasn't one of them. I think that's one of the game. What do you think? Yeah, it was definitely a big part of it. Um, that's where uh, then the next drive, uh, I think JD tried to take a charge and it was a block, and uh, that gave uh, Gage Prendon hit a jumper. And uh, yeah, that that was probably a big part of it because you you could either tie it or take the lead there. Um, then after those after those were down, you're back down four just like that. Then Lance comes out, misses a layup. We get a stop, but Steven, I think this is one of it. I think he was wide open on the wing, just missed it. Um, we got to start hitting shots down, but that's when they kind of took off. We kept it close for a little bit, but um, keeping it close didn't last long. No, and um, yeah, just the fact that we, we, we did turn it over, but I think that's just that can just be a confidence breaker, you know. And there, and Brian said, you know, there was 18 minutes left in the game, and there was, but just that can just swing momentum, and it did in their favor. Yeah, you're right. Lance missed layups. Yeah, Stephen, we had great looks in the first half, did not make them. This is when we just got in the hand with turnovers. Marcus kept us in it down four at 16 minutes with his free throws. DeMonte Black's a great shooter. He killed us in this one as well. He made a three. Kyler had a layup, so we're still within five. Next thing you know, it was eight off of another Mosley three. And then Clay Clay and Carper. Carper got a good back screen for a, for an alley-oop layup to make it 10. And then it just got out of hand. Really nothing else in our favor happened. Cash went one for two from the free throw line. Uh, Dalton made free throws at the end there, and Lance went one for two. But, yeah, and then it just – Prim, we mentioned he made a three at some point in this game. He has crazy arc on his shot. Even his jumpers, you get many separation. We know we could shoot. Like I said, I don't recall if he really shot all that well against us in the first game. But he took advantage of it here. We were letting him have it, and he was – and he – and he dagged it, and then Lance had a three, and Jamonte made a couple free throws to end the game. 15-point loss. Um, it's just crazy how you can just have an uh, – and Mike said it to Brian, like like just a crazy just turn of events in the second half. Like how can that even be possible? Um, just how bad – and Noah, again, it boils down to, you know, they're the best offensive team, one of the best we've faced all year. Um, just even though you want to rely on your defense and you can, like we said, Loyola – it was, you know, those two games were close with them because, you know, they're kind of the same team. Loyola doesn't have a burner on offense. They can definitely beat you in multiple ways, different guys. But they're not a team like this, so you can match Loyola with defense. But, no, even our defense couldn't hold the Bears, and we couldn't match them offensively. That's obviously just the difference. Yeah, it's it's they we our defense has been really good, and they shot 54%. Um, they only took 14 free throw or 14 threes. They were 6 of 14 for 42%. Um, but our defense, uh, we we forced 13 turnovers. Um, some of those are unforced. They try to they throw away a lot of passes. Um, but we only scored six points off those 13 turnovers. If you can't convert off those 13 turnovers, um, you're not going to win very many ball games. 
Um, we got out rebounded by 16. We only had 16, or no, we had 23 rebounds. We got out rebounded by 15. 23 rebounds. Um, if you're gonna get out rebounded by that, we had more points in the paints than them, which surprises me. Um, our our bench once again 22 points from our bench. If we're it's just um, we're getting those other guys, but the two top guys uh, did not carry us. Uh, Lance ended up with 14 points. Uh, Marcus nine. What do you have a half five? So four second half points for Marcus. Um, that's not gonna get the job done. No, two of ten shooting. You mentioned yeah we we had more offensive boards than them. They had just had more defense because we missed so many shots. We shot 36 percent, three of 20 from three. The absolute total opposite of going what was it 14 for 29 at their place so just crazy how you know you can fold like this at home uh let alone just just you just can't they're just offensively challenged they really are and we thought obviously our defense can win us games at times we scored 77 against a Valpo team that's not good defensively but Missouri State is a pretty decent defensive team I think Dana Ford has realized that they have to be, you know, you can score as many points as you want, but you got to be able to do it on the other end. Like we said, Donovan Clay just changes their whole realm of defense, bringing him in because I'm sure they allowed a lot of points last year. Yeah, just admit, yeah, the 22 bench points, you're right. I mean, Dalton having Dalton having nine, uh, Trent had five, Trolling had two, but, I mean, Cash, one of six. So that did he even shoot in the second half? Uh, No. He ended up with, what would you say, Trent? No, Cash. Oh, Cash. He would, no, he did not, did not shoot at all. Uh, three points in the game. Um, only two rebounds. He's been one of our leading rebounders. Uh, only played 21 minutes in this game. I, I just don't know how. You're you're just obviously not going to. I mean, Marcus shooting two of ten definitely isn't going to be the, a reason why you win. Uh, or if you win. But Cash, I mean, you you got to shoot in the second half. He only shot one three. That just shows you mentioned the turnovers he had because he's too skinny and he can't drive because he gets it ripped him from or something. He's he's kind of look he just looks off balance on his drives. He throws up a shot at the rim just hoping he gets fouled and he takes advantage of the free throw line most of the time. But he I mean we talked about his shooting. He only shoots one three. So his you know in the in the paint area or in the mid range is just just nothing. I mean it just it's just sad. Like, just looking to thinking of this is just a bad matchup for you, that you've got to have points. I mean, you have a guy like that that doesn't shoot in the second half. Just abysmal. I mean, utterly abysmal. And Dalton th- or saved us, I mean, just in terms of even more embarrassment with nine points. I mean, he was the dog of the game. They talked to him. Dalton's really well-spoken. Again, he's really smart. He knows everything. He said that, you know, it's, it's been rough, and it's, you know, he's just pinpoint specifics of what they got to do better on moving forward. Um but he gave, you know, he gave kudos to Missouri State. They're a really good team, and Brian did as well. It's just, like I said, I mean, you're glad you get the two games against them out of the way, even though it looks like, depending upon how it all plays out, you could play them again in the tournament, which would be a uh, nightmare. We'll get to the situation. We'll get to – there's an, an update of probabilities. It's around probably the same. But then we'll discuss, obviously, what we'd rather do right now, seeing Missouri State twice and only seeing some of the other top teams once. But we'll give an idea of what uh, – what seed we'd rather have probably at the end. We talked about that recently, but yeah, other just, just nothing good. So I, I said in the tweet, just want to watch this one and we're on to Illinois state uh, tomorrow, which we'll preview them at the end. Uh, no, I had some just quick quotes. Let's see if Brian said anything at the very end here. He said, you can't go back in time and do this one over. We have to understand why that stretch happened. 
you know, we can't do that again, talking about the uh, um, second half. We have to move on, play with confidence, play together. This team has what it takes to go to Illinois State and get a win. Dalton said, we don't have a guy who will go get 30 or 40 points for us, but togetherness is something we have to rely on day in and day out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just plain and simple, just a game you want to watch. Know that they're just a way better team, and if you face them later on, so be it. Uh, but they have what it takes to finish top three. But Drake and Loyola are definitely – Loyola is dropping games, though. They're dropping games to these top teams, so they can end up being the three. We'll talk about that battle later. So, no final thoughts on this game. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's just one need to wash, and uh, it's it's a it was a disappointing. Uh, we keep telling ourselves, or we keep hearing, this is a good shooting team, and we've yet to see um, besides Valpo. And I mean, the, we had open shots, and you still shot three of twenty. Like some guys were wide open and still missing. So um, we don't we got a we got a tough task ahead now. So we got to focus on that. We get the Redbirds focus on. Um, we'll get to them later. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing, too. When you're missing easy looks, that's when you know it's just, one, not your game, that game, but just knowing that uh, just not a good wide scope of victories from there on out. But it's really a game where we, it's probably the main game where we missed a lot more open shots than we have. We missed a lot in other games, too. So this one definitely stuck out. So, yeah, flushing that one down the drain. Uh, so now, Noah, around the valley, there's been some okay games recently. What you got? Yeah, there's been some okay. We had a couple canceled. We know the Valpo game um, was canceled on Wednesday because of uh, snow. We know um, the northern parts of Illinois and uh, Indiana got hit the worst, and I think south of us did. But uh, just looking what happened, um, recapping, uh, Drake went on the road and took care of business at Indiana State, 85-67. That's what um, you expect Drake to do since they're, they're becoming – um, the top team in the league, getting healthy, um, most spread out scoring I think I've ever seen. Uh, 15 from Murphy, 14 from DeVries, 14 from Penn, Sturts with 15, and Wilkins with 15. I mean, they're getting anything and everything from all their guys, and I think uh, Indiana State was without uh, Micah Thomas, one of their fresh, some pretty good freshmen, but uh, he should be back later this week, I think they said. Yeah, Cam Henry was uh, beat up in this one. I think I saw some recently that said he will make the trip uh, to their next game, he and somebody else. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think with spread scoring and your – I said all these games were decent. All of them were blowouts. But uh, definitely when you have spread scoring from your starting five like that, that's exactly what you want to do. That's how you'll win, so especially scoring 85 points. And you got Tank and Brody off the bench. Brody – uh, didn't do a whole lot, only played 11 minutes. They didn't really need him to. I mean, you have guys in the 30s and minutes and you're starting five. We mentioned how with Missouri State plays so many minutes outside of when they blow people out that it could be their downfall in the end. And Drake, having a lot of minutes, who knows? That's still something to eye on, even though they're not getting a whole lot of whatever from their bench. I think they said Akinwole was uh, one of the best turnover assist-to-turnover ratio guys in the league or something. So you can have a guy like that off the bench along with your other guys as well, that they're just a rest they're just a recipe for success. And yeah, Sturts, nine rebounds with those fifteen. I mean, it's just he is what he is. I mean, Penn fourteen, six and five, they're just this uh, team you're right. They're number one for a reason right now. Yeah, then uh the next game was uh the hottest team in the league going on the road to northern Iowa. Uh the Panthers uh protected home court with a seventy eight sixty five win. Uh, I mean, they just got contributions from a lot of guys, just like Drake did. 19 from Noah Carter, 19 from Trey Burhow, 18 from A.J. Green, 15 from Bowen Bourne. 
I mean, you see all these teams, even if you go to the Bradley side, they got 18 from Terry Roberts. They got 12 from Mass. They got 10 from Kent, 8 from Hickman. I mean, if you look at everybody in the Valley, they have guys that can contribute, and we're, we have two guys that maybe we can get every every night to contribute. Yeah, it seems like Hickman, we mentioned how, you know, he's not a great player, but if he can put up eight points consistently, that's what you need to win. Yeah, I mean, especially in this game, it's weird because you look at, I mean, you and I played so many guys on their bench. We got Bowen Bourne dropping 15. That helped along with, you know, Nate Heisey didn't even score. Pickford only had five. It helped that starters to get it to a 13-point win. But top of nine and 18 minutes didn't score. Uh, Boy only had four, and they didn't have a whole lot of bench points. Montgomery, um, Zach Montgomery had uh, eight or six. So, yeah, they, they're getting contributions as well. Yeah, they hit a buzzsaw, and that's a team that, that was a 4-5 matchup right now. You thought it was going to be a great game, but that just shows you going in the cloud center, yeah, that even a team like Bradley – uh, definitely can struggle at, and in general, and Bradley, we know, uh, is a you know obviously a really good team, but they're the team we're eyeing on for the potential to move up if we want to move up from where we're at. So, yeah, I mean that's just a tough matchup, I guess, for Bradley. That stinks. Then the the team we play tomorrow um, went to Loyola, Illinois State, took a trip up to Chicago, a 78-64 win. Um, this game was a it was 42-22 at half, so. Uh, Kudos to Illinois State to battle back. Uh, Reeves gave them 20, Josiah Strong 13. Um, did not get anything from anybody else. McChesney struggled to get a big game last time. Um, this was the Lucas Williamson game, 27 for him. Um, I'd like to know who guarded Chris Knight because he only had three points and four rebounds. So uh, they shut him down. Uh, they got 18 from Schwieger, who um, struggled majorly against us. So uh, another win for Loyola like expected. It seems like even Jacob Hudson had a career, uh, season high six. It feels like, but yeah, you're right. Chris Knight, who was guarding one for six, didn't do a whole lot in only 15 minutes. Lucas, that was probably his best game of the year, scoring wise. He didn't do a whole lot else, but six of nine from three, he's become a shooter. Yeah, that's deadly. Yeah. Then a look ahead to the weekend. Um, we got Bradley going on the road to Evansville. Expect Bradley to bounce back, even though Evansville's um, been the toughest place to play in the Valley this year. It seems like. Uh, Everybody goes on the road and struggles there. You uh, and I, this is you uh, and I at Drake. Uh, that's one of the top two top four teams in the Valley right now. That'll be interesting. Um, then Indiana State um, goes to Valpo. That'll be interesting to see what happens between the two Val or two Northern Indiana teams. Then uh, Loyola on Sunday. Loyola travels to Springfield at 1 p.m. ESPN two game. Um, so we got, once again, like uh, I think it was a couple weekends ago or maybe last weekend, um, the top four teams in the Valley play each other. Yeah, that seems like that is kind of designed. Uh, and those there will be great games. Uh, you know, the, the, the Iowa rivalry and then this team, see if Loyola can, uh, or this game, Loyola can bounce back from losing by 10. It was up by 20. Missouri State's got the wideout they announced, so. Uh, we, their fan base isn't great, but if they can show out for an enormous game on national TV, that'd be huge. Loyola, like, and we mentioned, you know, if Drake can keep them going, Missouri State can beat Loyola again. Loyola is the three seed, so that that kind of changes a whole lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to those games. What about the standings? Yeah, looking at the standings right now, you have Drake on top, still has the tiebreaker on Loyola, eight and two. Then right behind them, and second is Loyola at eight and two. Then Missouri State, Northern Iowa at eight and three, so it's it's really tied at the top. Then it drops off at six and five. Bradley, 
uh, four and seven us, then Valpo and the Illinois State three and seven, Indiana State's two and seven, then uh, Evansville's one and eight. So Evansville's only one win away from getting out of that bottom spot. That's true. Yeah, and Indiana State's dealt with a whole lot this year. It'd be <clears throat> kind of surprising, but I guess wouldn't be really. We'll see what their matchups with Evansville are to decide that tenth spot. But uh, yeah, we talked about Valpo. They're talented. They just got to get. Uh, Kithier back healthy, and they're you know a really good seven seed. Uh, but here, there we are. Yeah, I mean, I keep forgetting that you and I and Missouri State, depending upon how some of these games play out, Missouri State could end up as a four, or, or you and I could end up as a two, and Loyola the three. You know, it's a lot of things still to play out. But yeah, here we are. There, there we are, still funneling around four and seven. We are still above Valpo, but we have the sweep against them that helps us. So what uh, the probabilities? I don't think anything's changed for that, has there? Um. I think we talked about it. I think it's two days ago. So no, nothing has changed. Uh, we are up to. I think it has changed a little bit. Um, we are up to a fifty-nine percent for six seeds. So that's where we're looking right now. And uh, looks like you would play Drake as of right now with the or yeah Drake or Missouri State. And we've talked about that percentage. What was it? Fifty-nine or fifty-two for Loyola last time on the one seed, and it's only it's still at fifty, which is shocking. Because they're down both games, Drake and Missouri State. So we'll see how that plays out. So now, now let's jump into the fact that what the yeah what the matchups would be and which kind of scenario we'd like to avoid. Yeah, there's a there's a I say we say best case scenario and uh, worst case. Uh, right now, I guess best case would be um, I guess to us is uh, we somehow get that five seed and you play Northern Iowa. Uh, winner would probably get Loyola. Um, then you force a uh, 3-6 matchup of Missouri State and Bradley. Then you get Drake as the two seed. Um, probably matchup-wise, because uh, uh, the most athletic teams are at the bottom and Drake and Missouri State. So uh, we know we match up well. We'll see next next Wednesday at, at the McLeod Center how we do on the road versus Northern Iowa. But we've seen what we did here. And we've seen uh, the two uh, war games against Loyola. Yeah, and like – all this could still change. The top three could be ever changing. That you know, our, and obviously, like what we want scenario wise could still play out a certain way. But it, it's just crazy that there's still a lot of Loyola. I don't think Loyola will end up as the one, honestly, because I think if uh, well, Drake has to go at Loyola. We've seen Loyola struggles at home, and we'll see how that game against them. Loyola could be the three, and then we'll figure out what scenarios we'd like. And as time goes on, we'll still update on which one because I'm sure. Most SIU fans feel the same as us on who you want to avoid and who you'd rather play. You know, that's tough for those top four teams uh, to gauge that. It's really tough because we've struggled against all of them. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep updating that as time goes on. It was announced yesterday that it's only a month away from Arch Madness. We mentioned how we got our tickets ready to go uh, for whatever that would have. Now, no, or quickly, the bracketology comes out a lot, and Joe Lenardi still – has two Valley teams, still has Drake winning it, and he hasn't facing the Illini. That Drake would struggle because they wouldn't be able to guard Kofi Coburn. Uh, that would be a struggle for them, but Loyola has them. I forgot who they had him facing. They had him as the last four in, I think, or last four buys. I don't recall the matchup there, but two Valley teams still, according to him. Some other teams still have just Loyola, uh, but Joe's taking into account Drake, you know, how they're playing him. Uh, who was it that said, or. Uh, trying to think of who had it as no no i'll say it as something else but uh yeah that's where that stands uh knowing that we had a new 2023 guy we're looking at Owen. yeah we have a new 2023 guy 
Um, his name's Joey Robertson. He is a uh, 6'6 forward. He's from Orange, Orange Beach High School in uh, or in Alabama. Um, he is a I, he's another he's a he's a really good scorer. So uh, he has a 35 uh, inch vert. He's, he was the three point champ in this uh, AAU circuit over the uh, summer. So uh, another high level scorer. Um, Maybe a mar another mark. I'd say he's more to me. If you watch his film, it kind of to compare him to somebody in the valley now. Maybe like a um, not on this level yet, like a Tucker Deverdes. Yeah, it seems about right. I think this guy's uh, from the looks of it, he looks a little thinner, but he's definitely. You said he could score, and yeah, Drake Loyola, uh, Belmont are in on him. North Florida, Troy and Wofford. So of course, Belmont and Drake. Hopefully, none of those two land him. Loyola can do whatever they want with them. Uh, from here on out, but yeah, he's talented. That's via Jake Lieberman. Uh, Jake always has the uh, the stuff on what's going on, so appreciate him. So yeah, we're showing interest on a lot of more talent, so we'll see how that plays out for even next year. So uh, we're looking ahead to an extent, so that's good to see. And what I was going to say was, remember we had Joe Lenardi had UT Martin in as just because they were what? It was like three weeks or two weeks into the conference season, had him in there, and that's what could be the, the thing with Drake, but we know Drake's definitely a lot better in their conference than UT Martin has come to be. So uh, I think that's all for all that stuff. Uh, now Noah, the Redbirds are the only team we have not played yet this year. Um, we know they're talented. We know they're losing side Chapman. That's hurt them a lot. And the Royal again kind of put a damper in them. But we know going up there and playing can be difficult. Let's get into the Redbirds. Yeah, it's a very athletic and talented team. Uh, we usually struggle against those ta our athletic teams. Uh, we know Antonio Reeves, who tested the NBA waters this uh, past offseason. Um, he's coming in one of the top scorers in the league, 20 points a game. Um, I'm not sure who's going to get that matchup. I don't know if it's going to be Steven or Lance. Um, that'll be interesting there. Then they have some other guards that can score as well and some other forwards. Josiah Strong is averaging 12 a game. Kendall Lewis. Um who I'm kind of familiar with. We were in on him before he went to App State under Barry Henson. Um, he's averaging 10 points a game. Mark Freeman, a Tennessee State transfer, averaging nine a game. Um, then they got some other guys. Uh, McChesney's came on strong. Ryan Schmidt's a decent uh, Juco big they got in. Howard Fleming. Um, Endai's still there. Uh, Jaden Johnson, some other bench guys. But uh, um, their, main two, their main guys to watch out for, Reeves and uh, – their other best scorer is uh, Mark Freeman. Yeah, I think this will be a big game for our guards. You mentioned who could match up with Antonio. Antonio can score it well, even though he's got the frame of uh, kind of like a different version of A.J. Green, kind of because Isaiah is just bigger and tougher. And some other teams we would struggle, I think, because Antonio's still the kind of, I don't know the build that he is, but the talent he is to score, I think that could favor us just in terms of what we could throw at him to make it a little difficult on him. Some of our guys – uh, just our overall team defense could, I and mean, we'd have to have a more of those guys step up. Josiah Strong has been really good at times, but then not. But he's got to step up with no Chapman, and even you said, yeah, Schmidt has stepped up. Uh, but even I remember uh, Dan mentioning how uh, one of the pressers that their bigs have struggled this year. They're, they haven't been having or haven't had great quality big plays. So I think we could take advantage of this game. You mentioned Endi and some other guys that don't play a whole lot. Um, so they could factor in this game, but I think we should hopefully take advantage of our size. And then, yeah, like I said, our, our guards are just got to play well. I'm trying to think of who would guard Marcus. 
Um, I would hope this Kendall be, Lewis. Yeah, would this be a game that he, that he could? I mean, Kendall Lewis is six eight, could factor in the Marcus, uh, but uh, barely seeing these guys being the first time. I hope that they could, obviously, at their place, get off to a better start for Marcus, for Marcus's sake and the team's sake. That could hopefully help us out. If they had Chapman, I think this could be a big problem. And like I said, it very well could be. They still got size and they're talented. Uh, how many points? I mean. Matchup predict on ESPN has them winning about 52%. Uh, some of the other stats here, they score 77 a game, but they allow 77 a game. Or 70, uh, yeah, 77 a game. 46% shooting to R44. Some things to match up well. They rebound better than us. We've been rebounding outside of the last game, rebounding fairly well against other good rebounding teams. Uh, five blocks a game, that's three more than us. We're about even in assists. They about seven steals a game, so they'll get after you, and they are on a four-game losing streak. Uh, so, like I said, they're kind, they're kind of funneling, but we know their talent. We know playing there is difficult. What else you got? Yeah, I was just gonna just kind of close us out here on on the Redbirds. It's a it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough battle. It's on the road. Um, hopefully, we can steal one. Just looking ahead, I say steal because it's on the road. Um, it's always tough to win one on the road in the valley. It's uh, um, to get. To get back on track because you know you have to look forward. I know we don't like to look forward too far, but um, if you steal this one, then you go into McLeod Center with a little a little momentum here. Um, because after the McLeod Center next Wednesday, you got a pretty pretty decent stretch. You'd like to say if you steal this one because you get Evansville, Bradley at home, then you have to go at Indiana State, who's they've given teams problems, and you get Illinois State at home, then at Drake to end the year. So uh, if you can steal this one, then uh, see what we can do next Wednesday. We're in pretty good shape to stay out of the uh, Thursday night um, uh, Arch Madness playing game. But uh, if you lose this one, um, you can maybe start starting to look um, not too far ahead. But uh, if you lose this one, you'd hate to say next Wednesday at the McLeod Center is a must win. But it could be if you lose this one. Yeah, 100%. I'm you know, thinking this is – I mean, this game is a game you should win, even though if you, if you do, it's not looking good for you. But if you do – if you don't, it's not looking good. If you do, then obviously, yeah, because we mentioned that stretch here in February. Those games you mentioned could favor us outside of the UNI game. We get Bradley at home. Uh, I would like that matchup, I would think. But yeah, it's just all just a, we're playing it game by game at this point, knowing the struggles this year. We haven't played in normal since January 20th of 2020 when we scored 41 points in the second half to rally from a 10 point deficit, one by three. Uh, but we, before that, we had lost 12 straight at Redbird Arena, so we mentioned the struggles there. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't have a spread yet, do you? I'm looking now, and I don't think I do. It's unfortunate. 7 p.m. tomorrow night, right? So uh, I, yeah. I doubt it would come out. I do not have one. Disappointing. Uh, we would think that maybe we'd be in a, a road favorite, but not by a whole lot. Uh, or I could see it being about even odds. I'd say almost a pick em, I would say, at this point. Yeah, it would seem that way. They're on a four-game losing streak they've seen, and whoever makes all these and see how we're playing. So could be. I'd, I'd put us at like a three-point favorite on the road potentially. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough place to play. It is seem like if we if we lose this one, it's not looking great. Still playing it game by game. But if you win this one, you might look okay moving forward. You push Illinois State down even more. And sweeping Valpo, you, you keep having those teams below you as you play game by game. So, yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. I mentioned, you know, the bigs could play it big in this one. Do you have an early dog of the game? Early dog of the game. I think it's, uh, I think I'm going to go with Steven Verplankton. He's got to, he's got to show up either him or cash, but 
Um, I think Steven's got to bounce back big time. 100%. I mean, that's that's just bottom line. If we don't have contributions, we've talked about it, we will not win. Uh, we allow 66 points on the road compared to the 57 at home. So different defensive team on the road, but uh, obviously it doesn't matter if you're allowing points at home. It, it just flip-flops. It is game by game in every facet of the word. So looking forward to tomorrow night's game to hopefully kick us back in the right direction this February. After the rough start. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time. Go Ducks.